all you have. You are now tuned in to Parker Swayze. So just sat back and ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far, far away. Now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's up, fellow Far, Far Away fans? How's everyone doing today? Nothing new to report on my side of the galaxy. Jedis are still dying. The Empire is still forming. Same old stuff. I can tell you one thing. It's been a while since I had to read lies from a script, and I am so out of practice. I probably messed up a thousand times. It's a lot easier when you just get to say what you want, but when you have to follow what somebody else has written, it can get really difficult. Plus, you have to put the emphasis on words they want you to, even if it doesn't sound right in your head. It's a lot harder than you think it was going to to be. But don't get me wrong, I am grateful for the opportunity. It's just a lot harder than I remember. You gotta think about it, it's been like 10 years since I've had to read off a script. Okay, let's get to some Star Wars. With so many Star Wars TV series, comics, novels, and video games in the works, it's never been a better time to be a Star Wars fan. But to quote Master Yoda, patience we must have. Most of these projects are still years down the road. So what can we actually look forward to in 2021? This is what we can find out. We can look forward to three new Star Wars shows coming out this year. Two animated series and one live action series. The first is most likely to be Star Wars The Bad Batch. This animated series is set to follow up after the Clone Wars, shortly after the events of Episode 3. It follows a team of elite clone troopers. They seek out a new path following the rise of the Empire. We don't know much about the plot yet, but the first teaser trailer confirms that the team will run into Grand Moff Tarkin. It also remains to be seen if the Bad Batch will be a limited series or have multiple seasons. We will just have to wait to see. Then we have Star Wars Vision, another huge animated project for 2021. This series features 10 short episodes that allows various Japanese anime directors an opportunity to show their skills in the Star Wars universe. And last but not least, the book of Boba Fett on the live action front. There's both good news and bad news when it comes to Boba Fett. We have heard from several different sources we might not be getting a third season of The Mandalorian in 2021. However, we are getting the first Mandalorian spinoff. This will come in the form of the Book of Boba Fett, which will feature Boba and his new right-hand woman for Nick Shan as they take control over the late Jabba's criminal empire. Look for this series to debut in December. Hopefully, they bring them both out, The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, but from what we're hearing, they're going to put Mandalorian off for a year, so we won't see The Mandalorian again until 2020. 22. And that's all we can look forward to on the TV this year. But there are some other Star Wars content that you might just be interested in consuming. And since this podcast is based on the writing of Star Wars, we have to talk about the publications of the Star Wars universe. Because publishing is one area that the Star Wars franchise is coming into the new year with blasters firing. January 5th was the official beginning of the High Republic, a book series set roughly 200 years before Episode 1, when the Jedi are still in the height of their power. The High Republic officially begins in writer Charles Soule's novel, Star Wars The High Republic's Light of the Jedi. From there, other projects like Claudia Gray's novel, Star Wars The High Republic Into the Dark, with so many more to come. And we're not finished with just the High Republic books. Lucas Books will also be publishing the second volume of Timothy Zahn's Thrawn Ascendancy Trilogy. Then we have the final volume of Alexander Freed's Alphabet Squadron Trilogy. Plus, we all have to remember that these are just the products that we know about. We can only assume there will be other exciting announcements in 2021. This also includes the comics and novels that spin off The Mandalorian that Lucasfilm teased in 2020. We can only hope that these new books and comics will tell us some of the backstory of the character. 
Then we can't forget about the games. 2021 could either turn out to be the great year for Star Wars gamers or a fairly underwhelming one. Apart from the news that all future Star Wars games will be united under the Lucasfilm Games banner, we have very few details on what the future holds for Star Wars gaming. But we do know that LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is one of the video games that is confirmed for 2021. Not just a remastered of the previous LEGO Star Wars games, this sequel gives all nine movies the blocky treatment and promises to build on the familiar formula in fun and unexpected ways. Other games are rumored to be coming out this year, such as Battlefront 3, A New Knights of the Old Republic, and Jedi Fallen Order 2. But none of these have been confirmed at this time. At this point, they're all still rumors. So what do you hope to see coming out in Star Wars in 2021? Shoot us an email letting us know. Now, let's get to the quote for this week. And it comes from Carl Hardison. He said, although no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new inning. I thought this was a good reflection of what people are going through right now. I've heard a lot of people say, if last year was different, I'm sorry we can't go back and change anything from last year now. So let this opportunity allow you to start something new. Start with an idea that you had that never came to pass. It might just be the new beginning you have been looking for. Okay, let's get into the book because chapter 15 left me wanting more. So let's find out what happens next. High atop the temple of Korriban, beneath the light of a blood red moon, two figures stood poised in silhouette. One human, one Twi'lek. A chill wind swept across the roof, but though both combatants had stripped off their robes to fight bare-chested, neither shivered from the cold. They might have been statues, still and hard as stone, were it not for the smoldering heat in their eyes. Without warning, the figures lunged, moving so swiftly it would have been impossible for an observer to say which one acted and which reacted. They met with a thunderous crash of their savage blades. Even as he desperately fought to hold his ground, Bane was studying Kasim carefully. He was acutely aware of every fainting strike, analyzing and memorizing each block, parry, and counter-strike. The Blademaster had said his time would be better spent focusing on improving his own technique, but Bane was determined to negate Siroc's advantage by absorbing all he could from the Twi'leks' double-bladed fighting style. The exchange lasted well over a minute, with no break or lull in the action, until Bane spun away to regroup. He had sensed his attack slipping into an unconscious pattern, and predictability was death against an opponent as skilled as Kasim. He had fallen into that trap once the previous week. He wasn't about to make the mistake twice. The two combatants faced each other once again, motionless, save for their eyes, which flicked and darted in search of any sign they could use to gain some slight advantage. Over the past month, their training sessions had become less frequent, but far more intense. Part of Bane believed Kasim actually found value in sparring against him. The Blademaster had to grow bored crossing blades with apprentices and students so far beneath his own level. Of course, Bane had yet to land a telling blow against his master. But each time they sparred, he felt as if he was getting closer and closer to a victory. Kasim's form and technique were flawless, but Bane was aware that the slightest miscue was all the opening he needed. Both fighters were breathing hard. The session had gone far longer than any before it. Their battles typically ended when the Twi'lek landed a scoring blow disabling one of his students' limbs with the burning pelco venom. On this night, however, 
Kasim had yet to land such a blow. Kasim charged forward, and the clang and clash of their weapons rang out over the rooftop in a sharp staccato rhythm. They stood toe-to-toe, hammering away at each other, neither giving ground or quarter. Ultimately, Bane was forced to disengage, breaking off the melee before the Blademaster's superior skill broke down his defenses. This time, it was Bane who initiated the charge. Once again, their training sabers rained down, and once again, they broke apart with both combatants unscathed. This time, however, the outcome of the battle was no longer in doubt. Bane hung his head and lowered his blade in an admission of defeat. The last pass, he had held Kasimov, but with each swing of his saber, he had grown a microsecond slower. Fatigue was setting in. Even the forest couldn't keep his muscles fresh forever, and the seemingly endless duel had finally taken too great a toll. The Blade Master, on the other hand, had lost almost none of his speed and sharpness. Bane doubted he would get through the next pass, and even if he did, the one after that would bring certain defeat. It was inevitable, so there was no point in pressing to the point that he actually suffered the pain of getting hit. Kasim seemed momentarily surprised at the concession then nodded in acceptance of the victory. Okay, this chapter starts off with Kasim and Bane on top of the temple train. And Drew did a great job of describing this scene. I could visualize everything that was happening, like I was there in person watching it. But that's why he's one of my favorite authors. Now, Bane and Kasim have been going at it for a while now. This had been their longest sparring session so far that they've ever had. Kasim usually had already won by now, but Bane is getting better each time they spar. Bane was studying Kasim's move and memorizing them. The master told him to focus on mastering his own technique, but Bane knew if he could find out the flaws in the double-bladed lightsaber, he would have no trouble beating Serac in the ring. And that's what his ultimate goal is. You were smart to recognize that the battle was over, but I expected you to fight on until the end. There is little honor in surrender. Honor is a fool's prize, Bane replied, reciting a passage from one of the volumes he had recently read in the archives. Glory! is of no use to the dead. After pondering his words for a moment, the Blademaster nodded. Well said, my young apprentice. Bane wasn't surprised that Kasim didn't recognize the quote. The words had been written by Darth Revan nearly three millennia earlier. The masters were as lax as the students when it came to studying the ancient writings. It seemed the Academy had turned its back on the past champions of the dark side. True, Revan had eventually gone back over to the Jedi and the Light after being betrayed by Darth Malak. Still, Revan and Malak had come within a hair's breadth of wiping out the Republic. It was foolish to discount all they accomplished, and even more foolish to ignore the lessons that could be learned from them. Yet Cordus and the other masters stubbornly refused to spend any time studying the history of the Sith Order. Fortunately for Bane, it was a trait they passed along to their students. It had given him an undeniable advantage over the other apprentices. If nothing else, it had shown him the true potential of the dark side. The archives were filled with accounts of incredible feats of power. Cities laid waste. Worlds brought low. Entire star systems swallowed up when a dark lord caused the sun to go nova. Some of these tales were likely exaggerations, myths that had grown with each retelling before being set down on parchment. 
Yet they had their roots in truth. And that truth had inspired Bane to push himself farther and faster than he otherwise would have dared. Thinking of Revan and the Sith Lords of the past brought to mind another question that had been troubling him for some time. Now, Kasim gives Bane his credit for realizing that he could not win, but shuns him for quitting before someone had won. He tells Bane there is no honor in surrender. Bane gives him one of my favorite Sith quotes ever. Honor is a fool's prize. Glory is no use to the dead. Something that had been said by Darth Revan 3,000 years earlier, which makes lots of sense. If you're going to lose the battle and die, what is the honor in your death? But Bane knew Kasim did not know the passage. None of the modern day Sith masters read the ancient text. They thought that they knew enough about the dark side to get by. Something that they had passed along to their students, which gave Bane a huge advantage in battle. He knew things that they didn't know, and he was going to use it against Serac. He had read of Sith doing extraordinary things, but Bane knew some of them were exaggerations of the truth. They grew much bigger than they actually were. We have all seen it happen. Someone tells a story and it grows into something else. A kid picks up a rock off his little brother. By the end of the week, the kid picked up a car off of his dad. But Bane knew that there was truth behind every story, and he had to figure out how to use that to his benefit. Master, why don't the Sith use the Darth title anymore? It was Lord Khan's decision. The Twilight told him as he towed off. The Darth tradition is a relic of the past. It represents what the Sith once were, not what we are now. Bane shook his head, dissatisfied with the answer. There has to be more to it than that, he said, stooping to retrieve the robe he had cast off at the start of their duel. Lord Khan wouldn't throw out the ancient traditions without justification. I see you won't be satisfied with the easy answer, Kasim said with a sigh, pulling on his own robe. Very well. To understand why the title is no longer used, you must understand what it truly represents. The Darth title was more than just a symbol of power. It was a claim of supremacy. It was used by those Dark Lords who have sought to enforce their will on the other Masters. It was a challenge, a warning to bow down or be destroyed. Bane already knew this from his studies, but he didn't think it was wise to interrupt. Instead, he crossed his legs and lowered himself into a sitting position, looking up at his master and just listening. Of course, few of the Dark Lords would ever submit to another's will for long. Kasim continued, Wherever one of our order took up the Darth title, Deception and betrayal were always close at hand to snatch it away. There can be no peace for a master who dares to use the Darth name. Peace is a lie, Bane replied. There is only passion. Kasim raised an eyebrow in exasperation. Peace was a poor choice of words. What I meant was stability. Those masters who chose the Darth title spent as much time guarding against their supposed allies as they did battling the Jedi. Khan wanted to put an end to such wastefulness. We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. 
From where he sat, it seemed to Bane as if the Blade Master was trying to convince himself as much as his student. Khan wants us to focus all our resources on our true enemy instead of one another, Kasim asserted. That is why we are all equals in the Brotherhood of Darkness. Equality is a myth to protect the weak, Bane argued. Some of us are strong in the Force, others are not. Only a fool believes otherwise. There are other reasons the Darth title was abandoned. Kasim insisted with just a hint of frustration. It attracted the attention of the Jedi, for one. It revealed our leaders to the enemy. It gave them easy targets to eliminate. Bane still wasn't convinced. The Jedi knew who the real leaders of the Sith were. Whether they called themselves Darth or Lord or Master made no difference. But he could tell the Twi'lek was uncomfortable with the discussion, and he knew enough to let the matter drop. Forgive me, Lord Kasim, he said, bowing his head. I meant no offense. I only sought to draw upon your wisdom to explain that which I could not understand myself. Kasim looked down at him with the same expression he had used when Bane had abruptly ended their duel a few moments earlier. Eventually, he asked, So now you see the wisdom behind Lord Khan's decision to end the tradition? Of course. Bane lied. He's acting for the good of us all. As he rose to his feet, he thought, Khan's acting like one of the Jedi, worrying about the greater good, seeking to bring harmony and cooperation to our order. The dark side withers and dies under those conditions. Kasim stared at Bane as if he wanted to say more. In the end, however, he let it drop. That's enough for today, he said. In the distance, the sky had turned the faint gray of first light. Dawn was only an hour away. The other students will be arriving for their training soon. Bane bowed once more before taking his leave. As he made his way down the temple steps, he realized that Kasim, for all his skill with the lightsaber, couldn't teach him what he really needed to know. The Twi'lek had turned his back on the past. He'd abandoned the individualistic roots of the Sith in favor of Khan's brotherhood. The mysteries of the dark side's true potential were beyond his reach, and likely beyond the reach of every master at the Academy. Now, Bane had a question for his master, a question that I've been asking myself since the start of this book. Why don't the Sith use the Darth title anymore? Kasim gives Bane the short answer first. Khan changed it because it represented the past Sith, not the Sith of this time. But Bane wasn't going to be satisfied with this quick answer, so Bane pushes the issue. Kasim tells Bane to understand the real reason he must first know what the title represents. The Darth title was a title that meant supremacy. Basically, it causes division among the Sith, and the Brotherhood was to unite their power to defeat the Jedi. When someone used the Darth title, it was a challenge to all of the Sith, which would cause infighting and ultimately their destruction. Maybe that's why I have always liked the Darth title so much. It causes conflict, which entails more fun in the long run. Bane can see the conflict within Kasim. Kasim tells Bane that Khan is looking out for all the Sith. Then Kasim asks Bane if he understands why Khan ended the tradition. Bane lies and ends the conversation. But the whole time he is thinking that the dark side grows weak under these conditions. Then he realizes that all the masters in the temple were limited. They could not teach him the true power of the dark side. Githany could sense that something was troubling Bane. He was barely paying attention as she shared what she had learned from the Sith masters in her most recent lessons. She didn't know what was bothering him. In truth, she didn't care. 
unless it interfered with her own plans. Something's on your mind, Bane, she whispered. Lost in his thoughts, he took a moment to react. I'm sorry, Githney. What's wrong? She pressed, trying to sound genuinely concerned. What are you thinking about? He didn't answer at first. He seemed to be weighing his words carefully before speaking. Do you believe in the power of the dark side? He asked. Of course. And is it what you envisioned? Does the Academy live up to your expectations? Few things ever do. She replied with a hint of a smile. But I've learned a lot from Cordis and the others since I've come here. Things the Jedi could never have taught me. Bane gave a derisive snort. <laughs> Most of what I've learned has come from these books. He waved a hand at the shelves. She wasn't sure what to say next, so she said nothing. You once told me the Masters didn't know everything, Bane continued. You meant the Jedi Masters at the time, but I'm starting to believe it applies to the Sith as well. They were wrong to turn their backs on you, she said, seeing the opportunity she had long been waiting for. But you have to place your blame where it belongs. We both know who's responsible for doing this to you. Sirak, he said, spitting out the name as if it were poison. He must pay for what he did to you, Bane. We've waited long enough. It's time. Time for what? Githany allowed the hint of a tremor into her voice. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to challenge him in the dueling ring. What? Bane shook his head. Don't be stupid, Githany. He'll destroy you. Perfect, she thought. I have no choice, Bane, she said gravely. I've already told you I don't believe in the legend of the Sithari. Sirak may be the top student in the school, but he's not invincible. He may not be the Sithari, but he's still too strong for you. You can't face him in the dueling ring, Githany. I've studied him. I know how good he is. You can't beat him. She let his words hang in the air for a long time before dropping her head in defeat. What other choice is there? We have to destroy him. And the only way is by facing him in the dueling ring. Bane didn't reply right away. She knew he was mulling over another solution. They both knew there was only one possible course of action, one answer he would inevitably come to. They'd have to kill Sirak outside the ring, assassinate him. It was a blatant violation of the Academy's rules, and the consequences would be severe if they were caught. That's why it had to be Bane who came up with the idea. Once it was out there, Githany was confident she could maneuver him into performing the actual deed by himself. It was the perfect plan. Get rid of Sirak and have Bane assume all the risk. Later, she could accidentally tip off the Masters about Bane's involvement if she needed to. She wasn't so sure about that part of her plan anymore, though. She wasn't convinced she wanted to betray Bane, but she didn't mind manipulating him. He drew in a long breath, gathering himself to speak. She prepared herself to give a very convincing and very contrived exclamation of surprise. You can't face Sirak in the ring. But I can, he said. What? Githany's surprise was completely genuine. He nearly beat you to death last time. He'll kill you for sure this time. 
This time I intend to win. The way he spoke made Githany realize she was missing something. What's going on, Bane? She demanded. She hesitated a moment before admitting, I've been training with Lord Kasim in secret. That made sense, she saw. In fact, she should have figured it out on her own. Maybe you would have if you hadn't let Bane get to you. She chatted herself. You knew you were starting to have feelings for him. You let them cloud your judgment. Out loud, she said, I don't like being played for a fool, Bane. Neither do I, he said. I'm not stupid, Githany. I know what you wanted from me. I know what you expected me to say. I will get my revenge on Sirak. But I'm taking my own path. Without even realizing it, she had begun chewing on her lower lip. When? Tomorrow morning. Just as you said you were going to. But you know I wasn't serious, and you know I am. Unbidden, Githany's finger began to twine itself in a lock of her hair. She pulled her arm down sharply as soon as she realized what she was doing. Bane reached out a hand and let it rest gently on her shoulder. You don't have to worry, he reassured her. Nobody will know you were involved. That's not what I'm worried about, she whispered. He tilted his head to one side, studying her closely to see if she was being honest with him. Much to her own surprise, she actually was. Bane must have sensed her sincerity because he leaned in close and kissed her softly on the lips. He drew back slowly, letting his hand slip from her shoulder. Without another word, he rose to his feet and made his way toward the door leading out of the archives. She watched him go in silence, then at the last second called out, Good luck, Bane. Be careful. He stopped, as if he'd taken a blaster bolt in the throat, his body rigid. I will, he replied, without looking back. And then he was gone. Moments later, Githany felt her face burning. She absently brushed away a tear coiling down her cheek, then brought her hand up slowly, staring in disbelief at the moisture smeared across her palm. Disgusted at her own weakness, she wiped the tear away on the folds of her cloak. She stood up from the chair and threw her shoulders back, bracing her spine and holding her head high and proud. So what if things hadn't quite gone according to plan? If Bane killed Sirak in the ring, her rival would still be dead. And if Bane failed, she could always find someone else to assassinate the Zabrak. It would all work out the same in the end. But as she marched smartly from the room, part of her knew that wasn't true. No matter how this played out, things were going to be very different from anything she had imagined. Now, Bane is having trouble paying attention to the lessons Giffen he had to teach him. She could tell something was wrong with him, so she asked him what's going on. He asked her if she believed in the dark side. Now, this is the stupidest question ever. She wouldn't be there if she didn't believe in the dark side. This is where they start to plot to take out Sirik. She says she is going to challenge Sirik tomorrow morning. Bane knows all about her scheme. He tells her that she can't defeat Sirik. He is too powerful for her. Giffany, being the manipulative girl she is, thinks that she can get Bane to assassinate Sirik outside of the ring. It would be the perfect plan. Bane would take the fall and no one would know she was involved. But Bane didn't tell her what she wanted to hear. He was already planning on challenging Sirak anyway. She tells him he can't and reminds Bane of what happens before. He tells her that he had been training with Lord Kasim at this point. 
Then he tells her he knew this was all part of her plan, but he was taking his own path. Then she asks when he was planning on challenging Sarah. He tells her he is going to do it tomorrow morning. Then he tells her not to worry and kisses her. Then gets up and walks out the room. That's what I'm talking about. She thought she had her little plan all figured out. And Bane left her sitting there stunned and confused. That's what she gets. The morning sky was dark with silver clouds. Far in the distance, thunder could be heard rumbling across the empty plains that separated the temple from Valley of the Dark Lords. Bane hadn't slept that night. After his confrontation with Githany, he'd returned to his room to meditate. Even that had proved difficult. His mind was churning with too many thoughts to properly focus. Memories of the gruesome beating he'd suffered kept forcing themselves to the fore, dragging doubt and the fear of failure behind them. So far, he'd managed to resist the whispers that threatened his resolve, and he'd stayed firm in his original plan. The apprentices were gathering, some casting sour glances at the clouds overhead. The temple roof was completely exposed to the elements, but no matter how wet, cold, and miserable the students got, they knew the drills and challenges would not be cancelled. A little rain was nothing to a Sith, Kasim was fond of saying. Bane found his place amid the throng in preparation for the group drills. The apprentices around him studiously ignored his presence. It had been this way ever since his loss to Sirak. He was shunned. He had become anathema to the other students. Though he trained with them in all the group sessions, it was as if he didn't really exist. He was a silent shadow lurking on the fringes, excluded in spirit, if not an actual physical presence. He scanned the crowd for Githany, but when he caught her eye, she quickly looked away. Still, he found her presence reassuring. He believed she wanted him to succeed, or at least part of her did. He believed that some of what they felt for each other was more than just part of the game they had both been playing. As the drills began, he made a point not to look over at Sirak. He had studied the Zabrak in excruciating detail over the past months. Anything he happened to notice now would only cause him to second-guess himself. Instead, he focused on his own technique. In the past, he had purposefully worked errors and mistakes into his routines during the drills in order to keep his growing talent hidden from any student who might happen to cast a glance in his direction. Now, however, the time for secrecy was gone. After the challenges today, everyone would know what he was capable of. Or he would be dead and forgotten forever. The rain began to come down. Slowly at first, fat, heavy drops spaced enough apart that he could make out the sound as each one landed. Then the clouds opened up, and the rain came in a steady, pounding rhythm. Bane barely even noticed. He'd escaped inside himself, digging down deep to confront his fear. As his body went through the motions of basic attack and defense stances, along with the rest of the class, he slowly transformed the fear into anger. It was impossible for Bane to say how long the training session lasted. It seemed to go on forever. But in actual fact, Kasim probably kept it brief in light of the steady downpour soaking his charges. By the time it ended, and the apprentices had gathered into the familiar circle around the dueling ring, the young man had turned his seething anger into white-hot hate. As he had done the last time he challenged Sirak, he entered the ring before anyone else had a chance to act, pushing his way through the crowd from his position on the outermost edge. 
There was a murmur of surprise when the others recognized who had stepped forward. He could feel the dark sight churning inside him. A storm far fiercer than the one pelting down on him from the sky. It was time for his hate to set him free. Sirak! He shouted, his voice carrying over the rising wind. I challenge you! Okay, Bane has a really hard time sleeping. He is thinking of the beating Sirak gave him in the last time they met. He tries to put it out of his mind, but it keeps popping back in. He thinks of the other students in the academy and how they shunned him and ignored him. How the masters had turned their backs on him. No wonder he didn't sleep well. No one could sleep thinking about all of this. The next morning as they meet on the roof for training, Bane tries not to look at Sirak. He didn't want to second guess himself now. He has studied everything about Sirak in the previous weeks. There is nothing else that he needs to know. He had designed his technique to be flawed to throw off all of the other students. But now it was time for him to show everyone how good he really was. As he and all the other students practiced the drills, he looked deep into himself and found the fear that was there. He turned that fear into anger. Then he turned the anger into the deadliest of rages. When the drills were over and they were all gathering around the ring, he ran into the ring before anyone else could get a chance. Then he yells out at the top of his lungs, Sirak, I challenge you. And that's where the chapter comes to an end. You have to tune in to chapter 17 to find out what happens next. Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Sway. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can find us and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shit and is a production of Pick Film Media. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel. Sound designed by Theodore Thompson. Researched by Tammy Turner. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.